Welcome to the Chabad Around the World podcast. My name is Mandy Bressinger, and I'll be your host, taking you on an adventure every single week. Together, we'll fly out to remote places around the world to meet up with the Chabad emissaries, hear about their stories, their daily activities, and the inspiration that keeps them going on a daily basis. trip, we would like to, first of all, get to know you, Rabbi Rice. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, about your background, and then we'll eventually make our way over to Jewish life in Marin County, California. Okay, well, thank you so much, Rabbi Mendy, for uh, inviting me on this forum. It is my pleasure to be here with everyone this evening, and Hopefully, all together, we can have a, uh, an inspirational time, an uplifting time. So, uh, starting with the present, I, uh, as you mentioned, I live in Marin County, California. That is north of San Francisco. Uh, everyone has heard of the Golden Gate Bridge. So, the Golden Gate Bridge connects San Francisco with Marin County. It is a very beautiful place to live, very uh, physically. It's a uh, hilly and uh, just the nature here. We have Muir Woods and world famous places that people come here to uh, to enjoy. So uh, to enjoy the uh, the wonders of Hashem's creation. And uh, I've been here for almost thirty five years, and uh, teaching Torah, connecting with Jews, as you know, doing the Chabad work. Uh, teaching children, teaching adults, all ages, and um, let's see, now going, going backwards, uh, I'm, originally I'm from Minnesota, and uh, Twin Cities, and uh, my family was not connected with any particular Judaism. I mean, people, you know, oftentimes people have a background connected with reform or with uh, conservative. My family was, uh, we were firmly at nothing, no involvement whatsoever. And uh, the story, the story goes like this. This is before I was born. So I, I only hear about this story that uh, we moved into a new neighborhood on Sheridan Avenue in in uh, North Minneapolis. And my older siblings, my two older brothers started playing boys who, li who lived across the street. As it turns out, they were Orthodox boys. They were, uh, they were a Frum family and uh, very much involved in the Jewish community. That's where the Jewish community was at that, at that point. And they came back from playing with the, with the boys and uh, my mother asked them, how did you like playing with the Friedman boys? Did you enjoy it? And my older siblings responded, yeah, they're really nice, but we think they're Jewish. And my mother, I guess it hit her when, uh, when, when her kids were uh, five, six, uh, eight years old. Oh, I, I've never, I never told my kids, well, I got news for you. You're Jewish too. And that is when my siblings found out that they were Jewish. And uh, that's, uh, I, was, uh, I was born maybe a, a year or two later. They, my, my older siblings were actually four and five at this, at this time. And um, 
and through the, the Friedman family, not the famous Manus Friedman, this was, uh, this was a nice, nice family that lived in Minneapolis. Through the Friedman family, our family eventually got into a Jewish school uh, called Torah Academy. And uh, I had the great merit to receive a, a really solid Jewish education from nursery school through eighth grade. And my mother eventually moved to the Orthodox community that moved to, uh, to St. Louis Park. They used to call it St. Jewish Park. And, um, and it just, it, it was obvious to me to, uh, to go to yeshiva. That's what I wanted to do with my life. Those were my friends were, were all boys who were going to yeshiva. So I ended up going to Risk Yeshiva in Chicago, Illinois. And uh, I was there for one year, and it didn't quite satisfy me. I wanted something more. I wanted something deeper. We always had, for many years already, we had a, a connection with Lubavitch in the Twin Cities, and I was close with, we were very close with the Chabad rabbis there. Again, the most famous one, Manus Friedman, um, but we were close with uh, Rabbi Grossbaum and, and, uh, and Rabbi Feller. Uh, but, you know, it, I didn't think that I was going to become a Lubavitcher. That wasn't my thinking. That wasn't my, uh, that wasn't my social group. I just, I went to, but my mother said after a year, I tried out Brisk, which is a, uh, what's known as a Litvish yeshiva, very serious studying. She said, why don't you just try Chabad? So I figured I'm from Minnesota. I went for a year. I went for a yeshiva for a year in Chicago. And the Chabad Yeshiva was in Los Angeles. There's no winter in Los Angeles, right? All right, I'll try it, you know? I'll try it for a year. Why not? So I went to Los Angeles to Yeshiva Oral Chanan Chabad. Um, and what happened there was I started to learn Hasidus. I started to learn the deep meaning of Hasidic philosophy. And this is what my soul was looking for. This is what I needed, and I, and I'm still I'm still a, a student of Hasidic philosophy, and I I'm still learning and studying Hasidic philosophy. This is so that started, uh, you know, forty years, forty forty years, and I'm still continuing on on that path. What an incredible I, story! And, and Robert, uh, if I if I can, sorry, we just got cut off for a moment there. Nothing. We're oh, good. Okay. So I, we always love to pinpoint and jump on these stories of ripple effect of mitzvahs. And I, I see that story as such an awesome ripple effect because it, it, it started with just, you know, the loving your fellow and what these Friedman boys, nice Orthodox Jewish boys were just reaching out and, and playing nicely with other boys in their community that they didn't, they didn't even know uh, necessarily were Jewish, but they were just being nice. And that led to uh, one thing to the next, to yeshiva for all the siblings, and then moving on, and now all the mitzvahs that you are bringing to Marin County can really be attributed all the way back there. So look at the ripple effect of what just one kind deed, one mitzvah can do, and that uh, can influence the world in such a grand way. So that's fascinating to me that uh, you started off your yeshiva days um, after Torah Academy in the community uh, where you were growing up, but when you actually travel away, and this is your big moment, uh, you want to travel to learn Torah, you choose a, a place, as you mentioned, the Brisk Yeshiva, which is what you call the Litvish. Uh, so just to explain, that's not a uh, Hasidic school at all. And it's very, uh, it, it's, it's where 
it's a, it's a very different approach, perhaps, if we can say, to uh, Torah study and to a general uh, the Jewish lifestyle within the Orthodox world, as we all know, the Orthodox world is, has lots of different branches. And then you move from there to Chabad. Was there more to the story uh, than just, your, as you mentioned, uh, the sense that you needed more? Was there perhaps someone involved at that moment which kind of uh, guided you that way? I tell you, I, uh, I, I see in my life that God Almighty has, has taken me, I would say, from, uh, from conception, through birth, through, <laughs> through my early years, I mean, I just see that that Hashem Himself is carrying me from place to place. That is my that is my sense. And all of certainly there were there were many great people. When I went to Brisk, so this was the yeshiva of Rabbi Aaron Soloveitchik. So his brother is the very famous Rabbi Yashaber Soloveitchik, and he was a very I mean, aside from being a, a great Torah scholar, he was a very sweet and caring man. And when I wanted to leave the yeshiva. My, uh, my, my teacher, my Rebbe, Rabbi Beryl Wine, he said, you have to go to the Rosh Yeshiva to Rabbi Aaron Soloveitchik and explain to him why his yeshiva is not good enough for you. So there I was, I was 15 years old and I, I go into his office and, uh, and he, you know, he told me about all of the virtues. I didn't tell him where I was going. I, I don't know if I was sure where I was going myself. Uh, but he told me, he said, he, he called me by my nick, my nickname. But I went by then, I, I didn't have this, uh, I didn't look like this. And I went by the name Butchi. That was my nickname. So Rabbi Soloveitchik in his thick European accent, he said, Butchi, no, no matter which yeshiva you go to, you will not find the camaraderie that we have here in Brisk, even in Lubavitch. He told me <laughs> I, he had an inkling, right? He was a smart man. He uh, he knew where the wind was blowing, but um, no, he was he was very kindly. He wasn't, uh, you know, but but uh, but that was my experience with Rabbi Aaron Soloveitchik, and uh, he was, you know, he, he's. Uh, but the the yeshiva wasn't for me. It was, uh, you know, and like I said. Hashem was guiding me there, and from there He guided me to uh, to Lubavitch. So there was. I needed to get that out of my system, so to speak. <laughs> you know, I needed to be there. And had I gone to Lubavitch, to LA the year before, it actually was a different yeshiva, and it would not have worked out well. I, I ended up exactly the right place at the right time to be with the particular students. I ended up with a um, with a wonderful class of uh, you know of students there. You. You know, many, many famous in, uh, you know, in, in Chabad with, I was roommates in Chavrusas with Rabbi Paltiel and with Rabbi Tauber, Yanki Tauber and uh, Yossi Marlow and, you know, uh, Rabbi Zayans. I was roommates in Chavrusas with Rabbi Zayans and, 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 and Rabbi Shalom, uh, Shlomo Yafi and Yitzchak Shachet. This is who I went to Yeshiva with. All, you know, it was, it was, it was a great experience and end, ending up going on Shlichus to uh, to Florida and London and you know it was just it was just all a very I, I just I look at my life and there's no other way to 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 describe it other than than Hashem taking me from place to place where I needed to be. I would say in yeshiva the ones who really had the great impact on me were the were the Talmidim Hashluchim. So in the the system in Chabad is that when you go you go to yeshiva there there are older students there that are sent by the Rebbe as shluchim. 
uh, and it's an amazing system because have you ever had the experience being uh, an adolescent or being a teenager and feeling that the adults, you couldn't really relate to the adults? Well, the Rebbe understood that and he sent young students like in their 20s, to, like, like 1920, 21, to go to the yeshivas to relate to the teenagers. And that was definitely my experience. Although I had some very good teachers, I learned under Rabbi Shusterman, Rabbi Yosef Shusterman, um, in, in Los Angeles, um, but, but it was the Talmidim HaShluchim, uh, trying to think if they're from, yeah, many, you're in Montreal, so, so Yurkovich, Shimshin Yurkovich, so the Yurkovich I know is from Montreal, and uh, others, you know, maybe from, maybe from many, many, years. a few years, a few years before me, yeah. so I take it that, that this is all happening, I, I understand, perhaps in, in the 70s, the early 80s, uh, is, is this is a time when the Rebbe in New York, well, Babacher Rebbe is holding court in 770 and all its grandeur. What was your relationship with the Rebbe throughout this process? I mean, just the names you mentioned, Beryl Wine, uh, being your teacher in, uh, in Chicago before you moved to Chabad. Beryl Wine is one of the greatest uh, Orthodox historians, uh, author of multiple books and a my great teacher, lecturer. My teacher was his cousin. Oh, uh, diff the different Beryl Wine. Okay. <laughs> Well, I didn't know there was two of them. Okay. Sorry? Named for the same barrel. Oh, okay. Look at that. And Rabbi Soloveitchik is of great uh, Torah leadership fame. Uh, what was your relationship with the Rebbe at this time? And how did that uh, continue as you moved into the Chabad system? I will tell you that my, you know, I think, um, I don't want to be, uh, just to try to be, clear and honest, you know, in the non-Chabad world today, and especially back then, you know, I tell, I, I try to explain to my colleagues, I said, you know, you see these people and they don't have the respect and the admiration for the Rebbe, like we, like we think they should have. And I tell them, I say, you know, I use an analogy. Out here in California, there was a very famous hippie his name, his name was Wavy Gravy. Anybody ever heard of Wavy Gravy? Hey, you're in Canada, you're in Montreal, you never heard. He was a famous hippie out here. Anyway, he had a saying, and it went like this. He said, if you don't have a sense of humor, it just isn't funny. You know, so it's if you don't have a certain sense of holiness, you're, you're just not going to get what a Rebbe is. You know, and they just don't have that. They're not brought up with it, they're not taught it, and they just don't get it. It's not that they're angry. It's not that they're, you know, haters. It's not they just don't understand it. But that's what I, that's what I, that was what I was brought up with. And I was, you know, I, I through the study of Hasidus, Hasidus was the perfect, shall we say, on-ramp to get me connected. And through the years, of course, I started right away, actually right away, I started learning with uh, Rabbi Schputz. He's also from Montreal. All these guys were from Montreal. Um, you never heard of Schputz. Rabbi Shputz we have, yes. Rabbi Shputz is uh, more current. <laughs> okay, well, I'm talking about not the Shputz who's there. I knew his father, and uh, and and the, the Shputz that I'm speaking about is now a jeweler in Crown Heights, Rabbi Aaron Shputz. Okay. So he would wake up at 6.30 in the morning and learn with me Sichas of the Rebbe. And little by little, I started to understand and get what we're talking about. And... Uh, you know, even when I went to uh, even when I went to Chabad Yeshiva, I I still kept all of my, you know, every everything that I kept, I continued keeping. I would add on, so I started putting on Rabbeinu Tam's tefillin. But I, 
you know, it took a while until I changed to Nusachari and, uh, and many different things that I, you know, that little by little until finally uh, in our senior year, we went to the Rebbe for Shavuos. This was, uh, this was an enormous event. And, uh, and I got to see the Rebbe and be with the Rebbe for Shavuos. And, uh, you know, I remember very distinctly, you know, being, being a newcomer, they, they pushed me up forward. That was a, that was a, a uh, an entitlement that I got just once. <laughs> that was, just a, no, it's a, forget it. You're, you've been here already a week. You're, you're already uh, part of us, but you know, for the, for, for listening to the Rebbe's Haftorah and you just see holiness, you just experience holiness, you know, in terms of, in, ter- in terms of a, a personal connection with the Rebbe or the, the Rebbe's personal connection with me, I mean, I was one of, you know, tens of thousands of Hasidim and I'm, I'm, I happily wear that badge. Uh, you know, I wasn't, uh, there wasn't something like the Rebbe, what the Rebbe told me uh, personally, except for what the Rebbe told me personally, it was bracha v'atzlacha and all of the usual things. Right. So well, you're, you're, sorry. Go ahead. You're going through, so you're going through this process, you're adapting to the Chabad, uh, way, if we shall say, in the in the Orthodox world, and you're being inspired by many of the greats, uh, with it, which today are are great lecturers and, and authors of many books. Eventually, you actually become an author as well. You wrote a book, and we want to pull it up here on the screen. Uh, it's a, a fantastic book that you just put out a few years ago. I'd love to hear more about that. Um, but before we get to that, this I found it on the. We have it here: the four keys of Kabbalah uh, from. All the from uh, this is what it looks like. Uh, spiritual guide. Whoops. All right. <laughs> this was uh, from the Kindle. All right, but a spiritual guide that Rabbi Rice put together of all the Hasidic teachings, the Kabbalah teachings that you learned and you gathered together throughout all your years. So let's move along now to you are finished the yeshiva system and now you're I imagine looking for a place to go on shluchas to fulfill the mission of bringing Judaism outwards. How did Marin County come on the map for you and what was the process there? Well, the process was uh, when I was in yeshiva in LA, there was also a shliach there, an older bacher, who had a a positive influence on me, another big name in Chabad, Rabbi Chaim Dolphin, uh, another Chabad historian. And um, so we were were chaverim, we were friends. And uh, and as soon as I was, you know, and I had come out as a as a as a bacher, as a student, I'd come out to run camp and then to do visitations to people, and I was already coming out to the area, working for various shluchim and and all, including for Rabbi Dolphin. And uh, as soon as I was ready, so he offered me right away to come out to uh, to assist him on the shlichus in Marin, and. Uh, I, uh, you know, that, and that's that's what we we did. The, the, the Rebbe at that point wasn't giving actually brachas, and I spoke to Rabbi Groner that I should go anyway. Eventually, when Rabbi Dalfin left, I, I got a bracha from the Rebbe to, to take over. Um, and um, that, that's that's what brought me out to Marin. You know, Hashem mitzadi gever keinanu. You want to know, now you want to know the, uh, the nitty gritty. <laughs> so we, we're getting the idea that Marin County came on the map because you were uh, you were there already. You had some experience there as as just, uh, being in camp, being a counselor, and uh, that was an interesting fact. You mentioned the Rebbe at that point uh, wasn't actually directing 
people to go to specific places. Well, how, what, and you mentioned Rabbi Groner. Rabbi Groner is one of the key secretaries, if we shall say, or uh, big people in the Rabbi's office working under the Rabbi. How did that work exactly in his guiding you to Marin County? Well, I, you know, I wrote in and I wasn't getting an answer. And after a while, you know, I, I, I you know, I asked, and and then the Rebbe at that time was very, uh, very preoccupied with many other matters. And uh, I, I can't explain it anymore. It's, it's certainly it's above my pay grade, you know, my security level. I don't know, and I'm not, I'm not to say that others weren't getting brachas. I don't know that other people didn't get, and I didn't feel, you know, it wasn't. Uh, you know, I didn't, uh, you know, I, I wanted, of course, I wanted to, to get a, a bracha from the rabbi to go out. It was, it was before dollars started, right? So there wasn't that yet. And, uh, but, but I, I didn't know, I didn't know what to do. So I asked Rabbi Groner, who was the, Zen, the rabbi's right-hand man, so to speak. And he said that I should, that I should go, that I should go. And uh Hashem, I received many, you know, positive letters from the rabbi afterwards and, you know, in terms of, Answering to uh, to uh, to reports and children, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So um, that's yeah, that's, <laughs> that's fascinating because we've heard a lot of different Chabad rabbis from around the world, and either they've gone out during the times when the rabbi was directing them directly, uh, or they're guys my age, which uh, did not receive direct guidance from the rabbi, uh, and it's part of the what's going on today, where people are, are just finding places to be able to spread more Judaism to Jewish folks out there. Uh, but you were living in a time, and, and that's how you experienced it, that you ended up there, and you're there for the past, as you mentioned, 35 years. So let's, let's, let's uh, go in. You, you come to Marin County. You're working for another Chabad rabbi. What was your first uh, kind of welcoming from the community there? What was, was there a Jewish community? We're talking about here north of San Francisco. So what, right. what, what does the Jewish world look like over there? There, this is, this is uh, a place where there, first of all, there are, there really are no real communities here altogether. Uh, Marin County is a conglomerate of a lot of uh, very uh, well-to-do affluent towns. So uh, you may have heard of Tiburon, you may have heard of Sausalito, you may have heard of Mill Valley. These are some of the more famous, uh, uh, famous wealthy towns. Um, and uh, so there's about a, over a dozen different uh, little cities here. You know, the, the biggest one is going to be 50,000. That's total population, right? So uh, we were living in a, in a place that interestingly, um, there were people who the, through the shluchim in, in surrounding areas had an impact on a few of the families, and they started to become balei tshuva. They started to return to Yiddishkeit, and they wanted a they 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 wanted a chabad rabbi, and Rabbi Dolphin came out because there was a group of people in a in a little valley, were not even incorporated. You know, we're talking about a place that has you know, uh, very it's it's very very bucolic, very country like. You come out here, there's no street lights at night. You look up, you see the stars. It's Forget about Jewish community. There's, you know, there's, you know, we we have to drive, uh, you know, we have to drive ten minutes to get to a store, you know, no big deal. But it's like this, this is uh, this is out in in the country to some degree, at least where we where we live, and this is where where again Hashem where Hashem put us and where we where we started uh, the Chabad operations. 
Beautiful. So you come there, there's a group of people that had been asking for a rabbi. What, how did they get there? How did Jewish people in general end up in that part of the world? Doesn't, doesn't how, well, how did they get here? Well, the, the, in Marin County, the, uh, the demographic, 10% of the population is Jewish. Okay, which is pretty high. And uh, that's because it's very beautiful and very wealthy. So when any place you go in America today where it's very beautiful and very wealthy, you're going to have that kind of uh, demographic. But on the other hand, there was no orthodoxy. There was, there was you know, and, and when Chabad first came out here, the general Jewish community was saying, we can't really afford another synagogue, right? That's their, uh, in their comprehension. They can't afford any Chabad synagogue, of course, anywhere. <laughs> but they weren't, uh, you know, the, the general Jewish community wasn't so welcoming, but that's irrelevant because uh, we're going for the, uh, we're, we're going for the Jewish souls. We're not going for the Jewish organizations. We're going for the neshamot, the souls. And uh, never estimate the power of a neshama. A soul is very powerful. So uh, that's what we do. It says in Hayom Yom that... Uh, you take a lantern and you put out a lantern and those who want light gather around the lantern. And that's what Chabad does. Although now we start going out and putting out more lights and, and, and uh, spreading more and more. But people are looking for light. People are looking for meaning. People are looking for purpose. People are looking for Yiddishkeit. And this is the address. And uh, Baruch Hashem, since I've been here, now we have, uh, now we have other, five other Chabad houses in Marin County. Incredible. Incredible. And you're there for the past 35 years. Definitely, uh, as you told me before we, we came on today, that one of the big mitzvahs that uh, you focused on uh, right from the start was the mitzvah of, of, of Torah study. And that became a big uh, passion for you, or always was. Uh, and, and that led, as I understand, you mentioned uh, to the founding of what today is global. And here in Montreal, definitely, we all are very much we are in the Chabad of the JLI, the Jewish Learning Institute, and you were one of the founding members. Can you tell us how that uh, came to be? What was the process for the founding of JLI? Sure. So, you know, it's very interesting when you have Chabad rabbis today, when you have Chabad rabbis, what, what would your description be for a Chabad rabbi? You know, today, in today's day and age, it would probably be something more akin to a community organizer. Uh, a program director, somebody who knows how to make a lot of noise and get a lot of people excited about something, right? Which is, I, I would think, a lot of the success of Chabad. Back in the olden days, <laughs> a shliach, a, a, an emissary of the Rebbe, was an educator. And, and this is what Rabbi Chadakov had told shluch, many shluchim, is that really what we, what, this is what we are. Rabbi Chadakov was an, was an educator par excellence. The the umbrella organization upon which all Chabad houses operate, it's called the Center for Matters of Education, right? It's, it's about education. Although today, oftentimes, you can't educate somebody right away. What you have to do first is you have to, what are some of the great things we do? You know, uh, axe throwing or, <laughs> you know, or archery or... Uh, some of the great, amazing things, you know, having a, a menorah drone, 
dropping Hanukkah gelt or teaching people about gefilte fish, right? I'm not going to teach you about gefilte fish. Here, have a piece, right? And this is really, it's, it's um, but in my days, you know, I, and personally fitting for, for, I would say, who I am, what I am, I'm, I'm, I think very much an educator. So when I came out, I was the director of education and uh, teaching children, of course, and setting up uh, shiurim classes for adults. And this was a very big passion of mine. You know, in yeshiva, you study and I enjoy learning. And then the question becomes, how do you take this information and make it uh, palatable? How do you make it compelling to people who don't have a background, who who people are maybe maybe a little bit interested? They want, they, you know, the onus of proof is upon us to make this material relevant and interesting to the people. You can't just say, you know, this is what it says in the Talmud and therefore you're gonna enjoy it, whether you like it or not, because, you know, the people are coming of their own volition. And this was, was a big, again, a big uh, passion of mine to really put forth education and to organize it and to, 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 make, it, uh, to make it accessible and interesting to people. So uh, when JLI started, uh, when it was uh, in, in its nascent form, so uh, the director, Rabbi Ephraim Mintz, heard that I am a shliach who's into education, and he gave me a call. And he asked me if I'd like to, uh, if I'd like to come and be part of a group of uh, 30 shluchim who are doing Q&A about how to take the next big step for Jewish education. And I said, sure, I'd be honored. Uh, so this was like 23 years ago that uh, I, was, uh, I was honored to be amongst this, uh, this cadre of Chabad rabbis. We sat down together and we came up with this, with this idea. We were guided by a, we had a facilitator. This was all done very, uh, very professionally. And we, uh, that was the birth of JLI. And I was uh, involved right away from the beginning of helping to write the curriculums and direct the curriculums, um, find the writers and oversee it and find the editors and, um, and that's my, you know, my, my title is the d director of, or chairman of the uh, curriculum department. Um, and uh, that was, that's how I got involved. And uh, looking at the beginning, looking over each and every class, each page, and uh, discussing it with my, with my colleagues, until eventually we became the executive board of the, of JLI. And uh, I would say the, the amazing growth of JLI, I, I have a just, I, I, I have a great merit that I was at, again, at the right place at the right time to be able to, to put my, my, uh, my 10 cents into the, into the pot. You know, I don't think it was very much, but enough to, to help it move along. So Baruch Hashem, I have that, uh, that merit to have been involved with JLI and help, uh, help guide it and fashion it. That's incredible because I, I see that also as, as like the ripple effect of just what one small act can bring to where you, your focus coming to Marin County was just a, one soul at a time and you were going to reach that soul. You weren't looking for big community events. You were looking for party planning. You were looking just to educate one Nishama, one Jewish soul at a time, teach them the Torah, which belongs to them. And that led from one thing to the next. And now JLI, which is a global a transformative way of people around the world, literally uh, in all, in many of countries and continents and, uh, are learning Torah in such a beautiful way, including here at Chabad Zechagadeshim with Rabbi Fine, who, uh, who is also a very key member in the uh, JLI uh, learning Torah in such beautiful ways. 
look at look at the far-reaching effect of what one you know one mitzvah one act can do, and it's so inspiring for us. That also I understand uh, I guess led or eventually to your own writing. Uh, we mentioned before. I'd love to hear more about that. Uh, your own writing of your own book. I'm gonna bring up a little bit of a better. I hope this is a little bit of a better. Um, view into the book. This is, I believe, your website, kabbalahkeys.com. And here you have the title, The Four Keys of Kabbalah. Fascinating book. We have some in our library of Chabad Zuchik if anybody wants to uh, borrow it, but he can also buy it here. And it sounds like that this really uh, is unlocking a universe today and it gives us lots of real questions here. So can you tell us more about how this book came to be? And sure, absolutely. So as part of my uh, part of my focus in education, I felt that it was very important that it, to to create a um, a seminar on on Judaism, a seminar on really getting to the core of of the meaning of Judaism. And over many years, this started over twenty five years ago. Um, I started writing, and I started teaching. Then I started going to Chabad houses and and teaching, and I went through many many iterations, until finally I, I really had uh, something that was originally called The Infinite Within, uh, but eventually I changed the name to The Four Keys of Kabbalah. And I was, I, I went, I, you know, in addition to, you know, running a school and running a Chabad house, I was going and lecturing. And uh, I felt that the, the, that the, this message could have a far wider reach if if I publish it as a book. And uh, the problem is is that uh, is that my is that my job? You know, as a as a Chabad emissary, we ask, is this my shlichus? Is this my mission? You know, I'm a shliach in Marin County. Is my, is it my taking writing a book? It takes a lot of time, a lot of effort. And, I, and it was normally when I have a question, so I ask, we have an, in Chabad, we have a system called a, you know, a mentorship and everybody has a mentor that they ask. But I felt that I needed to ask the Rebbe himself. And this was already, uh, you know, a while ago. This was, this was, uh, this was maybe in the, in, the, in the 2000s. And the Rebbe, how do you ask the Rebbe a question? There are many different ways of doing this. So I was going to write a letter into the what's called the Igros Kaidish, the holy letters of the Rebbe. And uh, the way the process is done, I don't know if your if your group is familiar with this or not, but um, we believe that the Rebbe will find a way to answer us. So one of the ways that we reach out, shall we say, to try to find some some uh, an answer, something uh, something that's going to directly answer your questions, we put it into the you know, 30 volumes of the Rebbe's letters in a random book, in a random place, random, so to speak. And then you you give tzedakah, you sing a song, and you uh, connect with the Rebbe. You open up and you look at the at the page and see what, what it says there. Is this answering your question? So my question was, I wrote that I, um, I have put together a, a, a seminar. And it's been very successful in getting, you know, connecting Yidden to Yiddishkeit. People are uh, enthused by it. They're they're motivated. They're inspired, and and you know, many people actually decided to become to follow to become from to become Orthodox through the seminar. 
And I want to know, is it my shlichus, is it my mission, is it my job to publish, the, to write this into a book, to put this into a book? And this is, what I, this is my question that I, that I wrote to the Rebbe. I open up the, uh, the Igris Kaidish, the holy letters, and the Rebbe writes there, it's, it's in Hebrew, and it's written to an educator, and the Rebbe says that you have to use your talent in education to draw close the hearts of our Jewish brothers and sisters to Yiddishkeit. Now, for someone like myself, you know, you hear that and you think, okay, well, that's it. The Rebbe is giving, yeah, telling me clearly that I should use my, my talent, in, my talent in, in, edu in education is to, you know, to organize this and to, to publish the book. But for me, it's like, okay, maybe I should use my talent to continue speaking and talking and teaching. Then you always have to read, when you're reading the letters of the Rebbe, you always have to read the P.S. P.S. The seminars that you spoke about, that you mentioned in your letter, are they published? Because I don't have them in my library. <laughs> wow. Wow. So at that point, my first feeling, uh, honestly, was, oh, I can't believe I asked. <laughs> Now, now it's not like a nice idea. Now I have to do it. Wow. And that, that, that was what brought to a beautiful book now, uh, that, uh, The Four Keys to Kabbalah, which you can find on all different uh, resources for, for buying or, uh, books. A beautiful uh, book of key Hasidic ideas, key ideas from Kabbalah. And what would you say was your... Uh, your mission statement, what would you like someone to get out of this, out of reading the book? What do you think, you know, would be a takeaway, the main takeaway from the book? Well, the takeaway from the book is that every single thing that we encounter in life, including and perhaps especially the difficult and challenging things, is exactly God's plan for us right here, right now, to bring out the power of our neshama, of our soul, to bring godliness into the world, specifically through the difficulty, specifically through the challenge. And we are each empowered to do that, each and every one of us in our own specific way, in our own specific life. And you are crucial. You are integral to God's plan. And whatever is happening to you is not a mistake. It's not a, uh, you know, it, it didn't just happen. This is exactly God's plan for you. How are you going to, you know, so whether it's somebody giving you a hard time, or sometimes it's your own self giving you a hard time, how are you going to deal with this situation to bring God's light into the world? It's not easy. But that's the whole point. Because it's not easy. That's why it only occurs through our effort and our work. And Judaism, every single practice in Judaism is meant to give us a way to find godliness in this exact moment. This is what my book is about. Incredible. So what, what a beautiful takeaway. And if for all those that would like to read more, I put on the chat uh, the website where you can reach out and uh, try and see the book in, in more detail. Uh, if we can move on to, to Marin County, just for the last few minutes, uh, we want to focus on it. If we were to come tonight to Marin County, what would we find in the Jewish life? What can we expect? Uh, Marin County is not Los Angeles. We understand it's, it's like north of San Francisco, so it's almost out of America, I understand. But uh, 
What is there kosher? Is there you, you mentioned Jewish schools and you're teaching the children? But what can we expect for uh, in, in the rest of you know, we're still, we're still working, you know, now, as I mentioned, we just actually the, the latest Chabad rabbi is coming from Montreal. Oh, okay. Again, another Montreal connection, you know, Rabbi Berkowitz. Oh, that's right. His son, Moshe, Moshe Yaakov is coming with his wife, God willing, in about a month or so. A good friend of mine. Very good. Send him my regards, please. <laughs> I will do that. I will do that. And um, each, we, we, we had a school here for a while, a, a cheder um, that I ran, and it it, it just uh, it wasn't the right place. And, uh, you know, I, I had to pass that on to other people to run it in San Francisco, that they still run it to this day, Baruch Hashem. Um, but uh, when you come to Marin County, you're going to find all of these different, you know, uh, Chabad houses. And tonight, if you if you come tonight, well, you can, if you want, you can come to ChabadOfMarin.com slash Zoom. We'll be teaching Tanya to a group of people. Um, and uh, today, you can join any Chabad house via Zoom, right? You can come on Shabbos. We have Jewish people coming from all different backgrounds. We have, uh, uh, we, we were, uh, we were one, one Shabbos, we were sitting and singing, uh, uh, beautiful Shabbos songs, and uh, all of a sudden, a couple walk in, the door was open, they walk in, <laughs> and they just sit, I welcome them, and welcome them to the table, and sit them down, and and uh, so a few months later, they ended up, this beautiful Jewish couple, she was pregnant with her first child, they ended up moving right next door to us, so they'll be joining us on Shabbos. Uh, we have another fellow who lives next door to us, who's married to a non-Jewish woman, who's also going to be joining us this Shabbos because they just love the, uh, you know, the community. They love my wife's cooking. My wife is here, Gila, my very dynamic, charismatic wife. And um, they, they love just, uh, you know, it's, uh, the, the, the theme here is that everybody has to enjoy it. Everybody here has to love it. They have to, they have, to have a good time, Right. Uh, and somebody, somebody once told me an, an amazing quote from, uh, I think it was from Theodore Roosevelt. Nobody cares what you know unless they know that you care. And this, of course, is, is very relevant for, I would say, you know, all Chabad rabbis. But it was a very important message for me. I mean, you have to care about people. And yes, I wrote a book and I'm a teacher and this, but nobody cares unless you love them, accept them, embrace them smile at them right that's that's what you're going to see you're going to see you're going to see a lot of jewish people who who have have not been to shall we say an orthodox event or a you know a shabbos event who are coming and celebrating shabbos together these are jews who uh, who the rebbe sent us to to draw in right and to bring them bring them in this is the amazing work that we have this unbelievable merit to be part of the rebbe's holy vision to bring a Jew back into Yiddishkeit. And you're going to see, we're going to gather together. You know, there's a, in the Torah, it speaks about a tent of communion. We have in our backyard, our tent of communion, our Ohel Moed, and everyone's going to be gathering there and having a wonderful Shabbos. You know, some of them are going to be coming earlier to daven with us, <laughs> some of them not. Uh, everybody is, is welcome to come and join. And just, just really a very eclectic group of, of people uh, you know, not one person born Orthodox. Many of them still not, 
Many of them still not, you know, not, not, still not, you know, whatever, little by little, growing little by little, one mitzvah at a time. Um, but no, you, you, you won't see anybody who was, who was born Orthodox, you know, unless my kids come from, from uh, you know, a, uh, for Shabbos, and they come, come stay here for Shabbos, then they, they will be. But everybody else, you know, oh. we're, uh, and, and all having a great time. Beautiful. So there's a, a very vibrant, loving Jewish community, and we have uh, we're being invited by the rabbi himself. So Rabbi Rice, I don't uh, don't take it for granted, but we here zooming around the world are listing. We have a list and list of places we're coming to visit, and definitely <laughs> North uh, Marin County it looks like a beautiful place. Just at the pictures, just Google pictures of where you're at is is an amazing. I'm sure uh, with a tent, can imagine shul in a tent. Nothing better than that. So. Definitely on our way. Many of us are coming to visit. Incredible. I'm going to end off here. If anybody wants to uh, ask any questions to Rabbi Rice in the last few minutes I on the mics. The link, the link is not working, and I'm, I'm not sure why. I'm going to have to uh, figure out why the... Um, I, I just want to make sure that it's working before... Uh, okay. Contact your hosting provider. Okay. All right. Uh, I, I, Sorry about that. If you send me an email, I'll send you information about the book. And, you know, if you want to purchase it, we'll figure it out. We can just do it online. Um, I'll, my email is yisraelrice at gmail.com. Is that Y-I-S-R-A-E-L? Y-I-S-R-A-E-L-R-I-C-E at gmail.com. And I'll send you information and because of all the bother and putting you through to, to order the book I'll, I'll give you send you a uh, signed copy to your name nice Look at that amazing and the author himself thank you so much rabbi rice this was an incredible journey and uh, to know that the jewish people and the souls uh, up there in marin county are being taken care of with such love and uh, such so much torah and so many mitzvahs that they're surrounded with and so much uh, just happiness it seems like such a comfortable place to be so really grateful that you welcomed us in and joined your community here tonight. Uh, Rachel has a question. Yes. Rabbi, I was wondering, because you said your, your, your brothers didn't even know that you were Jewish, that they were Jewish until they had that encounter with the Freedmans. So how many generations was your family in America My, that they got to be to that point? Well, you know, it, it only takes one. My parents were born, my parents were born in Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. Father's father was born in, in America. My mother's mother was born in America. My father's mother and my mother's father were both born yeah. in Ukraine, but they came over when they were like uh, eight years old. Gee. So. Uh, generation only. Yeah, and they were, you know, people, uh, many people, you know, a large percentage of people came over and uh, they just did not continue the Yiddishkeit. They just did not continue the Yiddishkeit. My, I understand my great-grandfather, my father's father's father continued it, but he uh, he was killed by a horse in 1935. And um, and and that, that there went that idea. So, <laughs> you know, they, they were they were they were a family of eight with the mother raising them, and uh, and you know, just Yiddishkeit did not continue very far. So in other words, many, we're always looking for hidden Jews in all kinds of exotic places in the world. Probably you could start in America. Lots of hidden Jews there who don't even know that they're Jewish. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah, I don't have a clue. Yeah, yeah. 
Wow. Or, or, or in most cases, they have they know that they're that they're Jewish, but they're but they don't really have a connection to it, right? Yeah. Very true. They just have to they 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 have to first be loved and accepted. That that is the first step. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Rachel. Renee, you wanted to ask something? Yeah, just on a further note, uh, when my son was studying in Boston about 10 years ago, and they had a beautiful new Hillel built. And I remember he attended once a Seder. He wasn't able to get back to Montreal for Passover. And uh, I remember he was saying that many, many of the young Jewish uh, students, fellow students he met, as he put it, he said they were Jewish only in name. They didn't know a thing. And they certainly, and this really rubbed him the wrong way, he said they really didn't understand the importance of Israel. Why do we need an Israel? And it was quite shocking to him. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, yeah, I, I live in a very liberal area, and it's uh, unfortunately, um, you know, you have plenty of Jewish people here who... Uh, identify more with the Palestinian cause. Yeah. And you know what? The first step is to bring them into their Yiddishkeit, into their Judaism. Yeah. That's, that's step number one. Uh, the rest will follow. But uh, listen, they are all victims of their education, of their circumstance, of what they've been brought up with. You know? So we have to re 